Hey there, welcome to the Lost Beat 6 show. This is Steve. Just before we get into the day's episode uh, with David Sparrow, I just want to let you know that the uh, recording uh, was a little subpar than what I usually like, uh, just so you're you're aware and uh, just not too disappointed in that. Uh, basically, Eric's in the background, and then we couldn't get another mic for the guitar for the day, so we were kind of doing a one-mic show on the on Dave's guitar, so it's all on one mic. So we apologize for any of the audio inconsistencies you hear on this episode, but we really had a good time beefing it with David. Hope you enjoy the enjoy the episode. All right, let's kick it. I rather condone or uh, abide by this fucking recording session happening in my kitchen. Space beef band, goddamn it. She's talking for Mongolia barbecue and dick. Basically, what's gonna happen is every week we're gonna offer a sub market. Do you realize how bad of an idea this was? This is an idiotic episode. Yeah, exactly. How backstreet boys. Like, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Shit, we gotta be over here. Like, like, as a friend, as a friend, come on, guys. An incredibly poor decision and literally betrays everything that the beat session is about. I'm so full of pork. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Now I'm in the hot seat. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're back. It's been a while. We're getting real. It's. Beef is back. Beef is back. Yeah, we were very excited to have on for the first time and hopefully more times after. The last time. The last time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, um, we have our, our, our good, dear, dear friend, Captain David Sparrow. <laughs> Welcome, Dave. You, you usually just go by Sparrow, but Sparrow. can I call you, call you just David? Dave? Dave? <laughs> David? David works. All right. All right, Dave. David is a, a very, very talented singer-songwriter out of Santa Monica. <laughs> and we've been... If, this silent. is a very special sun-kissed episode of... It the was. Lost Beat Six show. We've a been day, pulling it all day. A day drinking episode. A day drinking. But uh, we're we're happy to have you, David. It's good to be here. So no, hell yeah. You're you're one of the few people who actually wanted to come on this show. And like, when can I beef it? <laughs> Every time we meet up, like, dude, I want to beef it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and it took us about six months. It took to us make about it. half a year to get it done. <laughs> so, how have you been, David? How you doing? I've been good. Nice. Hanging in there. Nice. <laughs> A man without a band. <laughs> Just recently. Yeah. 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 As of April this year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you've been playing in that band for how long before? 12 years. 12 years. Is it 12 years? Yeah. We uh, were, uh, started on... School back then? <laughs> 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 Old man in the house. <laughs> the dream never dies. Seventh grade, what a day. <laughs> So. <laughs> Rocking out to Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> Set of questions, because we'll get to we'll get to Burning Jet Black and all that right crazy shit. <laughs> as much as you want to go into it, but uh, you're originally from the Maryland Maryland area. Yeah, Maryland, outside Baltimore. Baltimore right? Okay. Forty five minutes west of Baltimore, Westminster, Maryland. Very nice. Under yeah. Armour. The boonies, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that for a while, that Baltimore is the home of Under Armour. Yeah, you'd think they'd be a British company with the way they spell it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? The, the U. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's a patrician core athletic apparel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Dripping sweat this whole interview. No, all good. This is this is the hot, steamy, sizzling summer, sexy episode with yeah, David Sparrow. Never any California. <laughs> it just happened. Heat wave. But um, we're getting off topic here. Um, 
I thought that's the nature of the beast. It is very much the nature of the beast. But <laughs> the nature of the beast, I found if you out, will. I thought that, you know, people who, the, the few people who, who actually gave me pointers about this podcast are the people who actually try to derail it in the podcast. So it turns out that it's just best for me to keep, like, steering the ship to at least a, a, a moderately a safe harbor. <laughs> With with this mind your wake with a few as few <laughs> landmines, water mines or whatever mines as possible. So anyway, how did you um, how did you come across music as a mode of expression? Oh, it's uh, growing up, going like I was a church kid, qu- choir and which church? <laughs> like 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 Southern Baptist. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but my mom my mom played piano and was the choir director in in church and uh, oh, like so that's just no that yeah, yeah it was just instilled upon me. Yeah, you have more in age. common with like like backup singers, <laughs> yeah. like than than I thought you did. I'll be the next Cheryl Crow. But, <laughs> a couple years from now. Yeah, yeah. Back that damn, right before he made it. You know? <laughs> 20 feet from, you ever watch that movie 20 feet from stardom? No. no. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about all those like session singers that yeah, yeah. session backup mm-hmm. vocalists that are like probably more talented than the actual <laughs> yeah, stars themselves. Yeah. But but they It's called they, the modern state of music. Yeah. <laughs> the listeners can't tell that I'm singing Millie Vanilli right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get the video screen going. We'll have that function too. I'm just mouthing, girl, you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was the backward version. <laughs> the real singers were 20 feet away. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the typical, every single singer is like, my daddy was the preacher and I had to be in the choir. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, true how it's, that goes down. So that's, but yeah, and then, I, I mean, growing up doing choir, but I, uh, I ended up I ended up in chorus in high school as a fluke. I wanted to take shop, I think it was my sophomore year, and ended up in chorus instead and actually ended up enjoying it. Nice. <laughs> how did you get switched from shop to chorus? I think they just, like, it was, like, that class got full, so, so oh. I ended up. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then I think me being a quiet, reserved kid, people thought I was a snob because I was in chorus. Because like most of the kids were in like, like the the jocks and stuff like that who were right. taking chorus. I think the jocks were taking chorus. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Maryland's a little different <laughs> yeah. over here. I, yeah. You were compelled. <laughs> well, you know, I was. He was expelled. And was really loud <laughs> yeah. back in if he sung quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, the class the class was full. Okay. The shop class, or, or it was like an art class or a shop class or something. And I mean, I've, I've always been singing and I ended up, uh, but it was like begrudgingly and I ended up enjoying it because, I don't know, I met people and <laughs> it was good. It's good. It was, it was my exposure to singing. I went to a high school that had 2,000 students, so singing in, in the auditorium to like a good 500 people or more mm-hmm. like in high school, so... That like cut my teeth on that. <laughs> it's pretty good. Did the writing come naturally? Uh I think it took its time. It's still taking its time. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a prolific writer, and I think I write. I write so much from experience, which is why all the songs are like about a girl or about blah blah blah. Like it's all so personal. And I, you know, I got into Bob Dylan later, but I wish. I could write like him, like more storytelling and like remove myself sure. from, from the situation. Like it's, you're always injecting yourself into the song ultimately, but like it's, I wish I, I need to learn, you know, after all these years, how to distance myself from being so part of the song. But those are the songs that people relate to. too. <laughs> like yeah, if you're singing yeah, about yeah. I or you or me, like oh, yeah. people can sing along and relate to it really well. I, 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 <laughs> I'm afraid this is going to be the influence question. No, I'm trying to avoid that because Ryan got pissed at me once. I was just like... So I think the Carpenters, they're, they're a big influence. <laughs> what I was going to ask was, was kind of what was the music scene you were in, like in Maryland, before you decided to take, take, oh. your, take your talents to... In hindsight, it was miserable. At the time, it was great. Um, 
<laughs> you were you were totally angling for this. I should have kept my mouth closed earlier. Um, I guess like ninety nine, two thousand. I'm such an old bastard. Um, yeah, no, but it was like I mean that was like thoroughly in the the heat of the like alternative rock kind of stuff, and uh, like we had an unfortunate name. My band was called the Hank. And that was like the result of Horse? us pointing at a name, <laughs> pointing at a name in in the phone book, <laughs> like for lack, like we had we had recorded an album and still didn't have a like a name, so we pointed a name in the phone book, and I was I hated it, <laughs> I, I still hate it. It has its place because we were we were an original band that performed, played original showcase shows, but we also played every weekend or every other weekend as a bar band playing three-hour sets, Damn. like playing covers and getting paid, <laughs> which was nice. Jeez. <laughs> kind of unheard of these days for yeah. the most part. But uh, we'd have old women, older women come up and be like, I know what the Hank means. <laughs> and we're like, and we're like, and we're like tell us. Like, what, please, what, what do you the hell think this it is? is? <laughs> it was a completely arbitrary. Name. I want to know what Hank is. I want you to show me. I think I think the only place you can find any of that stuff anymore is CD Baby. If you tro- like troll around, do we CD want to do Baby. a Terry Gross thing? Take a break to listen to it. No, no. Okay, good. I don't recommend it. Do that on your own time. Okay. I'll probably just like throw it in an edit and just like put it in the background while you're talking about it. But it's funny in hindsight, just like thinking about that. Like I've I've never been a prolific songwriter. And uh, I've always been fortunate to, to play in bands where the other guys kind of like flesh out what I do and right. like have a good sense of what I'm doing and like we work together. And with the Hank, like, you know, I was young and had a, a body of work and our first album was like mostly the stuff that I wrote because it was like had built over like five years. And then with, uh, you know, the Whiskey Saints and Burning Jet Black, Less Burning Jet Black, but the Whiskey Saints, when me and Dave started playing, like, we didn't tell that story yet, but uh, um, I had a, he and I both had a body of work, but, like, mine was the majority of the first record because, you know, it was it's all sitting there ready to mm-hmm. to be fleshed out. But, yeah, Dave Bloomfield from my, my uh, Craigslist uh, misconnections. <laughs> male looking for male. <laughs> Singer songwriter, <laughs> you know that was, that, that was you my, know what that means. <laughs> that was my two years after being out here, two thousand five. Met Dave Bloomfield. Like put, I was I was ready to move back to Maryland. <laughs> like well, L A was not not making me feel good. <laughs> it does it does that to a lot of people. <laughs> yep. But but let's let's what's the uh, what was your motivation and and transition from. Moving out from Maryland to out of Baltimore area to to Los Angeles. I mean, I guess naivete and like the misconception that LA was the place to be to to make music for a living. You watch too many eighties movies. (laughs) I just I don't know. I I mean, you watched it. Were you are you the concept behind Rock of Ages? Just the real question. (laughs) <laughs> the classic, the classic. I, l- I look just like Tom Cruise. Don't I? Where's my <laughs> monkey? Where's my monkey? <laughs> no, I guess I. It was just. Hey, I think I was 25, so I was like, "What the hell? Like, let me try it." Mm-hmm. I, I lived in Nashville when I was 20 for a month, and that was like 98, 99. I like. Let me do the math. It was like 98 or 99. And that's a great city. And like we were talking earlier yeah. about you living there, like, and uh, are visiting. And I was just too young. I, like I wasn't writing. I wasn't writing music at all yet. So, right. like, literally, literally the week that I moved back to Maryland, I met my buddy Mike Blumberg, who we started that band about a year later. The Hank after coming back. So I'm glad that Nashville scared me away, but I'd like to go back. I feel like what I'm doing now 
as just a songwriter is more suited to Nashville than than it's it's not a bad it's not a bad place. It's just a very it's it's like Los Angeles with a southern uh, it's got a Los Angeles aggressiveness with the southern hospitality passive aggressiveness. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. we're great, but you know what? If you want to come down next time, well, I, I can't. I'm just yeah, assuming yeah. this. There's no real proof of what I'm saying, but <laughs> no, it's just I, a vibe. I it's, I it's the vibe that about. I got, and it's more of a thing. Where Y'all are great. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> You're not what we're looking for now, but. Maybe in a month or maybe six or maybe 48. We might be looking for you. So, hey, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if the word depressing, but more discouraging by by walking down and seeing the players and performers in Mm. every single honky-tonking bar. Yeah. You know, and then just like, you know they're not cutting it as far as like where the success rate is. They're just getting by. And maybe yeah. they like doing that. There's a lot of people who do like just playing, like grinding it. Yeah, no, I, I think when, when I was 20, I wasn't old enough to get into most bars. And that's what that was, was discouraging as it was. But I remember like some like 18 and up, it was like a happy hour open mic. Like four, four or five dudes and like must have come straight from work, like in ties and like khakis and whatever. Like they had to be coming from their day job, and like it's like five of them in a row, like all playing together. They they were like a band, quote unquote, but they sounded like it's like take or leave the Eagles, but they were like singing harmonies, and it sounded like beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like they're just these unknown dudes who just hop up on an open mic yeah. in Nashville. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I went with Ted Siegel of the Deltas to like their little bluebird stint. Mm. Oh, yeah, nice. Cuz nice. they what they would do is they would when they're in Na- when they were in Nashville they they'd land in and make sure they were uh, they were there for a Monday night open mic. And uh, since the TV show came out, it was just like it, it's it's I wouldn't say it, they pretty much sold out to a yeah, degree yeah. where it's like it's it's a line it's a strip mall. It's in a, it's it in just a goes strip out mall. The, yeah, it's a little down strip, the block, it's a, right? It's a, little, it's a little cafe in a strip mall. And it just keeps going down the block. People just Bro's think they're going to be discovered. For, yeah, they just want a chance to do their open. <laughs> they want to sing their song and get off the stage and hopefully be good. And sometimes they won't make. Sometimes you like you're on a list and you don't make it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like you couldn't get a seat unless you were a writer at that point because oh, they wouldn't wow. let other like people. So it's like I had to go. Like I was with them. I was just like, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and. Um, Take this number and I'll just so I can get in. Have you ever been to uh, and then just turn it back? I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna make it. Are you, go. are you familiar with Kulak's Woodshed out here in uh, like Studio City? No, no, it's a spot on Laurel Canyon that that does. And even when I moved here in 05 or 03, they uh, have an open mic where like you, you pick a number and like you, you get to play because I think like once. Once so many spots have been pulled, like they don't let more people pick. Mm-hmm. But they were in two thousand three. They they were like live streaming, like which was pretty cool. Like yeah, like internet wasn't what it was, or Damn. streaming wasn't as great. But like, it's this spot. Um, like I think the neighbor was like, my my dad would follow this because I t- I'd tell him about playing there. And like I guess like a porn producer or somebody lived next door to this spot and was like trying to get them shut down and they've like weathered the storm. But uh that was that was a cool it was bluebird sort of yeah. like feeling. Like it wasn't a songwriter in the round, it was like everybody for himself, but like right. it was like people line up for that for that thing. Yeah. So anyway, you moved to Los Angeles so just like on a whim, like and fuck then I it. just like, slowly you just, you died know, inside. It's just, the <laughs> <laughs> or was it was like the classic? It, I almost, I almost envy envied your story just because it feels like that classic American. I'm gonna go ahead and go to LA and make it sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the culmination, beefing. <laughs> and Truly. this is and you've, my friend, you've made it. You are now beefing. <laughs> You you appreciate me as a a musician and a songwriter. It does mean a lot to me. Um, The Kerouac, you you fulfilled your Kerouac experience by by driving cross country, and now you are beefing it like the Dharma bums of old. I had to wait fourteen years for it to happen, but 
<laughs> you know, how many times is how long did it take Siddhartha to reach enlightenment? Like 50, 20, 30? I forgot. You know, uh, 420 years. I mean, I'm just, I literally <laughs> on the head of like the curve. <laughs> yeah, I think no, you're I, doing- I love I love LA and I hate LA. It's hot right I now. <laughs> how much? Mostly, I, was, <laughs> I like the Dodgers. You know, I'm like 50%. Teams, you know. <laughs> I wish it's, they could just not be in L.A. <laughs> then I guess they wouldn't be the, the L.A. Dodgers. They could move back to New York. Like, yeah, <laughs> they could. There's like little spots I, en- I, I enjoy. Yeah, but I, I mostly hate things. getting to L.A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. mostly getting there. It's the process. <laughs> and and just the the logistics involved for us being on the very outskirts of yeah. the city. So we were just like, <laughs> like it's it's like oh it's you like know planning a vacation to go oh yeah to go out for the night. <laughs> like like there's I get all these little invites and stuff like oh shit there's a little happening I could see like you might be or that, like there's like oh there's a couple gays at the hi hat that sounds like fun but mm. it's in fucking like Highland Park. No, I feel you on that. Yeah, like, it's a it's a trek. Even it's, going, even for you, it's a you live yeah. on the west side. It's a Ava trek. Rock is not close. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. So it, it's a, it's a, but yeah, it's it's a it's a task, man. It's like, a, yeah, it's a. Yeah, when I when I first lived out here, I, I lived in Burbank the first eight years I lived out here. That's actually and, one of the town, uh, parts of town I don't mind too much about yeah. things. <laughs> but um, I uh, me and my my buddy Jason would go. It was still Spaceland. The satellite was called oh, Spaceland, yeah, yeah. and every like they. I'm glad that they've carried on the tradition, but it's you know I live in West LA now, so it's hard to get to. But me and my friend Jason, like every Monday night or every other Monday night, we'd go and like just check out some local bands, like because right. it was there. And you know now it's just I've gotten older, and I don't even care about getting older. Like it's just like harder to get across town to go and. Silver Lake is turn around. It's it's gentrify at least. Oh yeah. In that way, that it's like. Uh, there's been a couple uh, twenty minute searches for parking. Yeah. 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 We're just like fuck it, valet this shit, man. We're, I don't care anymore. I feel like, like I shouldn't tell anybody, parking. but <laughs> the secret is to go up Silver Lake Boulevard to the park that's near the top of the hill, and there's like a street there at the, by the park where there's. <laughs> There's free parking where it's not not I think, permanent. I think parking. only like two or three people listen to this podcast. So you're probably okay telling us this. <laughs> this is gonna explode the listenership. <laughs> It'll be the highlight of the, the little thing. Tell you the secret spots where to get to the satellite club. Yellow spots in LA are good after six PM and on the weekends. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's why I was at the in that Culver City drive I do to the cinema bar. It's always just like I have to time it where I don't have to pay for parking, <laughs> but I also have to time it so I don't don't get stuck in traffic. Yeah, because it's just like. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> that's a slim that's, window. That's, that's worse than <laughs> half the other things. But uh, anyway, the <laughs> so um, you you get to you get to L.A. and it sucks. Just like we could. I mean, you didn't meet, you didn't know me then. You <laughs> I could have told. I could have told you that. <laughs> Did you, actually, that's another question. Did you do you did you know where did anybody say like, yeah, man, it's where it's happening. Good for you, or just be careful. This place is kind of a mess. Oh no, I have a crazy story. I remember my cousin and her boyfriend at the time. This was probably like ninety ninety seven ninety eight, and there was an article like Beck. Beck was huge. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still an established, amazing dude. Like, I have mixed feelings about his Scientology and all that stuff, sure, but sure. whatever. Like, he's a, yeah. he's a great musician, whatever. But like, they talked like they talked about like Beck lives in Silver Lake or Echo Park, and like my my cousin's boyfriend was like, "Oh, that's a dangerous area. You don't want to." You know? I was like, "I want to move to L.A." He's like, "I want to move to Echo Park." He's like, "You don't want to live in Echo no. Park." Like, and I'm sure even like he'd never been to California and like, but he was just like, "You don't want to live there." That's where the bodies. That's, the, that's where all the bodies wind up in Silver Lake in the water, man. In the that's reservoir. What, in the reservoir. <laughs> that's that's what it was, that was what it was famous for. It's just like I would tell I even tell my folks now. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to Silver Lake for the show." And they're like. 
What? <laughs> and up until recently, and when my uncle and I had to do a trip down there, and he we we got like fish tacos in Echo Park, and I was like, mm. "Holy shit, this is actually kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's turned around. Good for you guys. It's pretty great." It's still dangerous. It's it's still a little bit. It's yeah, it's still close. There's like a to shooting outside the gold room like last year, a couple of years ago. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> there's a oh, shooting out. There's shooting outside the Sizzler in Ventura, California. Not too bad. Not too long ago. So it's you know, what's it's it's a it's a mixed bag, man. It's you never know. Somebody's what's buffet happen. got cut off. <laughs> I think it was a, I think it was an Oxnard gang hit, like that you know, that expanded into Ventura that was like territory that we didn't expect them to get into. But that's they don't fuck with their sizzler, man. They don't fuck with the sizzler. We going sizzler. So your first real experience band wise was was whiskey. Saints. The Whiskey Saints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to like, say Whiskey yeah. Down. That's a song by Rose and the Cigarettes. Whiskey, Whiskey, uh, <laughs> the Town, mo- Whiskey Saints. The most Saints. generic band name you could pick. <laughs> what was that, the whiskey, what was the brand of whiskey that you preferred? Oh, Jack Daniels. At the time or now? Uh, I don't, I switch back and forth now between Jim Beam and oh, that's Jack right. Daniels. Yeah. yeah. I think my friend Danny drinks beam all the time so i was like yeah beam's a little sweeter i i didn't <laughs> like jack when i first tried it and then i started drinking whiskey with the deltas and it was just like oh oh, oh. <laughs> and they drink the good stuff yeah <laughs> like the real good stuff <laughs> so i was like oh okay this is where it's at <laughs> no so. but uh D- dave dave bloomfield and i was like i was saying like the craigslist connection um i'd been out i'd been in la for two years and put out this like sad bastard ad on Craigslist, and the 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 art like the band that caught his his attention more than I love Ryan Adams. He he loved Wilco, and like you know he still does. I still do, but uh, I I cited the band Ours O U R S as mm-hmm. an influence. Jimmy Nico, who a lot of people aren't familiar with, like he's sort of even though they've been around for at least 15 years or so, like they're still sort of under, under the radar. Like Jimmy Nico sings like, like uh Buckley, like Jeff Buckley. Oh, okay. Like he's got pipes, but that caught his ear along with Ryan Adams and Wilco. And, and you know, we, I'd, I'd weeded through, I'd met with several people and it was just like, Oh, your intentions are so good, but you're so bad. Like, you know, I, I had experience being in a band already and like, I think I think the people I met with like just had not played in a band before, just didn't know first, first what, time. what it was. Yeah. yeah, there was this woman like she swore she played played guitar, and like she came over to my apartment and like was like a D, like and she's like try, like sitting there trying to like form the shape, like she just learned how to play a D chord, like, and I I was like, oh, I love you, like I, but but Dave like came over like. Cracked, we cracked a beer and just like hit it off, like, okay, like immediately. Yeah, nice. It was, it was crazy. It was, and it turned into a 12 year relationship of playing music together. So, I take it the first, was, was it the first two years whiskey and then the next 10 burning jet black? No, no, it was, it was the whiskey saints for a lot longer. Um, I guess from 2007 was our first, 2007 or 8 was our first album release, and then. Uh, 2012 or 13, I think, is when we turned into Burning Jet Black. Yeah. Apparently, Dave never liked the name, the Whiskey Saints. In hindsight, I don't. There's like we. You look up a band like bands in LA. There's like the Whiskey Rebels, the Whiskey blah blah blah. Right. And we used to we used to share uh, a rehearsal space. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they're buddies. Like yeah. Um, that's why, that's why we, we used to share rehearsal space with Saint Motel. Okay. Like, and they're actually like a band that's like blown up. Like they're touring like Europe and doing amazing things. But you know, like we joked about like, we're like the whiskey Saint Motel. Like we could do a show <laughs> together. Like everybody had some iteration of that. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. I think we, turning that corner was weird. Going from mid tempo, melodic, 
alt country to like kind of revved up garage rock was a. <laughs> I suppose I was about to ask like was it, that Burning Jet Black turns the pivot and also the yeah. Sonic. It's like we Sonic went choice. we went backwards like it's like the time machine. Let's get younger. Get back to our. <laughs> did you, you can say you got back to your riff rock roots. Yeah. Well, Dave did. <laughs> me, <laughs> me, I've always been like melodic, like the Beatles. Like uh-huh. that's my foundation. Is that more like songs like Jessica and, and, and uh, Oh yeah, for sure. Stuff like uh, yeah. Um, uh, get me out and get, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's those are those are more. I'm the, the I pop, can see that. The pop, <laughs> pop sensibility. <laughs> <laughs> but it kills me to this day when people are like, oh, we're listening to your song. I didn't write that one. <laughs> Wait, was, 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 was Bloomfield the, um, it's Bloomfield, right? Yeah, yeah. Was he the uh, uh, magazine girl? He wrote magazine. That makes sense. This is making a lot more sense. Yeah. Like, oh, it's almost the John, uh, the John Paul. Like, oh, I can tell who's doing. Oh, what. totally. Yeah. Like you could tell who wrote it based on their just personality. Yeah, we, and we styles. definitely had that that dichotomy going on. Yeah. Do you want to take a break? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let me just check. Do you have uh, anything can't. new that you've been working on that you want to play? Yeah, I feel like it sounds pussy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fucking keep it beefing, dude. I don't know. Ryan Adams is a big influence on me so sometimes it shows uh this song's called give me some truth so i hope i don't screw it up Very nice. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. That sounded great. Thank you. <laughs> that 
so far, I, we're definitely three for three with like how great all the guests have sounded. Oh yeah. I'm always surprised. I'm just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I've never heard any of these people, but they always end up being really nice, really funny, and very talented. So. Thank you. I'm glad I didn't didn't disappoint. No, that was, that was awesome. no I, I can't can't disappoint. That's always good. I, mean, I guess this, these are like kind of like back-to-back protest songs in a way. <laughs> Give me some truth and get me out. I hope I don't forget the lyrics to this one. <laughs> Let me have a, a sip of Coca-Cola before I get this started. <laughs> Lost Beat 6, brought to you by Coca-Cola. New Amsterdam, Arby's. And Arby's. <laughs> And the Psychedelic Space Beef Band. Mark, Get Mark the new guitars. album out now. And Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Hashtag free the blast. Hashtag yeah. not my summer. <laughs> Some bullshit. Seriously, like, it's gonna be this hot, we might as well be able to buy Baja Blast in stores. But we can't. I feel you on that. Fucking Deuce issue. You can't. Great. You can't just go to Taco Bell for that. Yeah, like, God fucking damn. <laughs> that is my, my favorite soda of all time. It's because it's, it's the best soda of all time. Yeah. And you don't have shit taste. <laughs> anyway, let's introduce the next song. I'm really said, glad you're fitting in so well this here. Called, this is really great. This is called Get Me Out. <laughs>
Burning Jet Black did that, and we actually started recording it. And Stephen actually, um, I have another friend, Stephen, Stephen Lynch, who works for uh, Guitar Center. And I was his guinea pig because there's this thing called Studio Automatic, where like, and they're based out of Nashville. And I, it was, it was a fun experience. Like, it was expensive. Like, it would have been expensive (laughs) had I done it on my own. Because, because like, you send them. A, a raw scratch and like guitar, like like what I did, right. and they flesh it out, like they fully like Shit. like bass, drums, everything, like and they, yeah. I gave I gave them the touchstone at the time, like I I told them make it sound like a killer song, like for better or for worse, sure, like, sure. and they did, like they <laughs> made it sound like just having the raw the raw tracks, so it was a fun experience, like I would never be able to afford it, but I guess like. A songwriter who's got like a gem of a song who needs right. to like flesh it out and like to pitch it, like yeah. it's a cool thing. So shout out yeah. to Studio Automatic when and to Steve Stephen Kohler for uh, recording and Stephen oh, yeah, you for got giving the opportunity. But uh yeah. I think I may I don't know if I'm hosting that on my SoundCloud or not, but uh I don't know. Go check uh SoundCloud.com backslash. Burning Jet Black still has its band camp. Yeah, but we like we, I don't think there's a there's a live recording that I think maybe you've recorded, but I, I've, I've never posted that. Oh, yeah, I recorded it at the cinema bar. Oh, yeah? I recorded that show. Like the I, last I know, show. I think I have that raw, the raw recording. I need to chop it up. All right. I'm going to do, I'm going to do one more of mine, and then and the other one we can throw away if, if need be. Sure. Uh, this, this is a tune called Beggars and Choosers that uh, I, it's on my SoundCloud, but there's never been, I was talking to Steven earlier, I had the fortune to work with uh, Joe McGrath, who's who's like been a an engineer and a mixer for uh, Ryan Adams, BB King, and nice. and he found like it dates it dates the my band, but he found the Whiskey Saints on MySpace years ago, and gave us gave us a great deal. Like I mean, he's he's a professional like engineer and mixer, and he gave us a great rate on mixing our album and like worked with him on on burning jet black stuff too nice. but uh he he worked at sae and i forget what it stands like student audio engineering it's, um, school school of audio engineering yeah it's a strange Hollywood. it's a strange world now where like the best um engineers to get more to get like a revenue or better income or mm. a more diversified income because they can't get the normal jobs they used to have mm. is to teach audio students yeah who also can't get those jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how, how they can't get, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things. It's like going to law. It's like becoming, it's like going to law school or te- teaching at law school mm. where all the firms are not hiring. Yeah. And yeah. like training law students. <laughs> it's a strange world out I've there. Been, now. Uh, he, I mean, he did me the, the courtesy of like bringing me in yet again to be a guinea pig yeah. for his students and like track some of my original That's awesome. stuff. Yeah. So it's on, on my, uh, on my SoundCloud flight lessons. That's my, that's one thing I didn't talk about. My nom de plume, like for releasing stuff as a solo artist has been flight lessons. <laughs> just a run with the David Sparrow burning jet black, <laughs> like just the flying stuff. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's weird. I don't want to be the David Sparrow band. Like, there's the people. I don't know. There's bands that can call themselves after the singer, and it's it's. I think it's justified. But me, I'm democratic, and I don't want all the focus to be on me. <laughs> so anyway, that being said, it's awfully kind. This of is you. called Beggars and Choosers. <laughs> my my mellow jam.
And you can't paint a picture If you just keep closing your eyes And I can't seem to figure Now when I put on this disguise And I never wanted For this to happen to me Beggars and choosers Yeah, I was going to sneak in, like, that's so, such homage to, um, looking out the door, see the rain that falls upon the funeral mourners, Jeff Buckley. <laughs> Sometimes I throw that into the bridge. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. No, that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, if you want to do one more, go for it. All right. This one's a Yeah, cover. you're on a roll, dude. Yeah. Just... I've been on a, a huge Colin Hay kick, the lead singer of Men at Work. 
And uh, it's like they had their handful of singles back in the day, but like he's he's sort of transcended that. Like he's writing all this cool like singer songwriter stuff. So this one I definitely I should have a lyric sheet in front of me because <laughs> I've been covering it for like a year now, but I'm still worried I'm gonna forget. But I'll do my best. <laughs> I, uh, I play at this place called Wine Expo in Santa Monica once in a while, and um, there's another guy named Mike, and I forget his last name, but he works Mike? at he works at um, uh, True Tone in Santa Monica, and like apparently oh. Colin Hay comes in sometimes. Yeah, and he he saw me covering this, and he was like, "Oh, dude, Colin should see you do that. <laughs> That'd be amazing." <laughs> Hundred and 
Thank you very much. Colin Hay. <laughs> Apparently that song was in the Gar- Garden State soundtrack, and I don't remember. Like, I love that movie, and I don't. I forget that song. Like, All I know is that Shin's song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember my, my, one of my favorite movie review like companies, they just hate that movie. Oh, yeah. He's like, if cancer was pretentious, it'd be Garden State. <laughs> I just can't get over that like insult. It's so... Like, well, you know what? You know what's a weird like that's uh, what like Colin Hay sort of got propelled back into the mainstream a little bit because he got featured. That song was featured in Garden State, like right. But he also like he Zach Braff would use like Men at Work songs on uh, Scrubs and on stuff. Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the most all those like 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 feel songs. Oh, totally. <laughs> and it's funny, like he. Like when I got on this kick, like watching him again, like there's YouTube videos of him live, and he's like, he's like, I met this guy named Zach Braff. Like, he's like, I want to use your song on my show. Like, yeah, man, use it. Like, <laughs> sure. It's like that's how I feel as a songwriter. So like, yeah. I want a screenwriter, like director, to say, hey, I want to want to use your movie or yeah. your song in my film. <laughs> you know, ever since well, I saw we're looking for vodka companies, <laughs> yeah, particularly be like, hey, we want to use your song. You know? <laughs> Or we're just like, you know what? You're sponsoring us now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's <laughs> So I think I met you in like summer 15, about this time, like two years ago. Yeah. I was right around Burning Jet Black. It was making like the, their last album. Do you want to kind of go into like the last album and then like also just sort of how things sort of, you don't have to if you don't want no, to. No, it's. It's, it's bittersweet. It's, uh, you know, sort of Dave and I played together for a long time. Rob Hughes was our bass player. He was an integral part. Like, I miss his harmonies, like, when he left. So, Burning Jet Black, we worked on our... We released two EPs, but we finally released a full-length album of in April of last year. And that was two years in the making. Like, we recorded it on our own, and, like... I'm so proud of it beyond anything that we did as a band because we recorded it on our own and it was something I was trying to preach to the guys forever. Like, I'll sacrifice, like, compressed bullshit over, like, the the sentiment. Like, yeah. we spent so much money, like, I, I don't know. I've never, like, calculated the figure, but I'm sure it was, like, like $15,000 or more, like, over the course of our us being a band on like, like there were quality recordings, but like it, we didn't do it on our own. Like we always had a producer. Like, I mean, I shout out to Jim Deneen. Like he produced, he put his money where his mouth was to basically like get the mm-hmm. whiskey saints off the ground. But us re- recording and doing it on our own, it was such, it was miserable because it took forever. And yeah, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, that's the, and low, like, and that's the thing. It's that's like, the if you've got budget. all the time in the world, yeah. you've got all the time in the world. Like you never like, there's never a hard hard deadline to it, but yeah. we got it done, and you know, even like mastered it on our own, and it's like mid five, but it sounds like us as a band. Like I, I don't you know, know if us I told doing you it this. on our own. Like we captured ourselves, like how we sound, because that's what people would always say. Like your your recordings are great, but that's like not how you yeah. sound when you when you play live. So, well, your your the decade album um, actually went on our list of albums of 2016 friend, music our friends made. I don't know if I told nice, you that. Nice. It's right up there well, with the Nanine record. And I mean, thank and, thank you on behalf of the band and my yeah. thanks to Rob, Rob Hughes and, and David Bloomfield for they they put the time in there. They were yeah. in the studio mixing and we're, I, I get burned out. <laughs> like In the past, we're spending money on studio time and it's like get it done like two two long sessions over a weekend and like that it's post production but it's like right. it's all there like when it takes that time then i i just get i don't want to hear myself sing again <laughs> i don't want to sing again <laughs> but, yeah. yeah i really like that 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 album i like jessica i like first title track saved yeah. saved yeah yeah i like that like this like nice opener yeah that was funny that was that was a uh, 
we performed that as the Whiskey Saints for a long time, and I think it is. It ran. It's on another EP. I think too. yeah, it's on an EP. But yeah, it was like we. At the Dave wasn't one, the, the, the... the tempo is slower. Like we sped it up on the, which was yeah needed. It, it yeah. works. It works for it. I it's love like, that song because oh, of the like. It's got the total who kind of bridge section. Yeah, that, it builds <laughs> up and stuff. That's great. And Rob, Rob actually had to move. Right, he moved to like moved Philadelphia. back to the East Coast. Yeah, he's doing grown up stuff. <laughs> it was good to see. Him. That was a fun, fun release show at Hard Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it's crazy. We we'd been a band for. And God, I guess, yeah, I guess Rob was there. We'd been a band for like two years when we released our first album and had 300 people at Cinespace in Hollywood. Like, and like this being from out of town, like we knew we'd become friends with like some USC kids and like that was just mind blowing. Like, yeah, this was just before this is 2008. So it was like Facebook was coming up. MySpace was there, but like we didn't have the wherewithal to be like, Sign our mailing list. Like, find us on. Oh, you can't find us on Facebook. Like, we don't have a. We don't even have a dot dot com. Like, it's like you know hindsight. That's like it's such a bummer that we didn't keep keep right. keep those people. But that was that was exciting. You know, I'd been here for five years and played to three hundred people back home. Uh, I think my band played to five hundred people at an album release. Like. That's like that gets me going. Like yeah. it's it's so it's so terrifying, but it's so exciting to play in front of a big crowd. Like I like I love I love playing to one person as much as I love playing to like a million people, but like that that's a magical experience. It's almost contempt. It keeps me going. Yeah. To have contempt for a blank audience. <laughs> Never played like that before, but actually I no, only in Mr. Lonely have we ever played like that. And I've played some of my best shows when I've been like when I've had any sort of contempt for my audience, <laughs> my my friend Katie the other night, I I've learned to not take it out on the crowd when nobody's paying attention. Like I don't take it verbally; know. I just play it play oh, aggressively. Well, no, like she that. was she was she was magnificent because you know you've been to Park Bar, like the bar yeah. is right there. Right like, when right. there's a when there's a kit, like the the front line is like right there in yeah. like traffic. So there was guys at the end of the bar who were just, like, talking completely over her set. And, like, you know, oh, it was loud, no. but, like, she could hear them, and I could, I saw her, like, keep looking. So at one point, she does this, she does an original song that she goes into, um, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You by Zeppelin. Yeah. And she she just, like, walked away from the mic with her guitar and just was, like, singing right in their faces. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. She, she, like, she didn't skip a beat. Like, <laughs> And they, like, turned around, and they were, like, looking at her. And, like, and they were, like, taken aback like a couple dudes stay but a couple of them like walked away <laughs> but it was like that's right that's like, awesome, don't say don't say like hey guys shut the fuck up like make them yeah. do what you what do what you do and get them to go away sorry or, was i bothering you attention. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've, I've that's that's the worst then you're the worst asshole and i've pulled that like once or twice like Oh, I'm sorry. Do you like? Do you want me to keep playing? Like the only people who can that. get away with that are comedians because they're being funny and everybody's then laughing at the person heckling. Yeah, <laughs> they're the only people that can get away with it. Like in that in that terms, and even that's sort of awkward. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, just being a I dick, you know? To not see that kind of interaction. So you know, Burning Jetlock kind of did its thing going on. So what? 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 What's What's next for you? Um, I feel like I shouldn't like. Spill secrets or uh, assume things of people that may listen to this. <laughs> um, I have friends who've, who've offered. I mean, you've given me olive branches and, and worked with me recording stuff. I've uh, always liked you. There's no. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not at war, but I no. appreciate. I like olive oil. <laughs> but I, <laughs> you know, that's what, like, hey, baby, let's go. I'll throw you an olive branch. Let's make some olive oil. <laughs> But I, I have some friends who've who've offered me some time, and I think like I'm gonna try and do a live session in the near future. Just spend a day tracking stuff and see what I can sort out of that. And uh, I don't know. I, th- I guess long story short, I hope for a David Sparrow album. Despite hating saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be called. Was it flight Maybe steps? Maybe flight lessons. I don't know. I actually, I, I thought it sounds like an I, was email like, I thought I had this epiphany the other day or a couple weeks ago. Oh, I want to call the album self portrait. 
come to find out, like I Google it and it's like, it's like a terrible Bob Dylan double album that yeah. released in the seventies that, that pitchfork has revisited and they're like, not, it's like, Oh, it's not as bad as we thought, but like at the time, like people thought it was like the worst. I, I forgot album. what songs were on that record. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I think he does like covers and stuff with his like goofy, like him. He drew a self portrait. Oh, on the yeah, cover. that's right. <laughs> it's like a stick drawing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but down the road, I, I mean, I hope to, I hope to make a record in the near future. Sounds good. Well, whatever we need to do to help you help you on your way, that's, that's pretty good. This is my my. I've known that you're a musician and you're a musician or a music fan. I reveal. I reveal my, my. I reveal myself you're, you're, as being a musician. Your secrets, amazing drumming skills. I I I keep it on the down low because <laughs> I'm with actual other musicians that are actually better whatever it's hard when I'm like watching John Siegel every day play drums we're just like fuck this is pretty this guy's pretty good man after we're done I'll play you the drums for a second I'll show you how good you are (laughs) but no anything you need from us if you need you know uh, whatever you know if you need some extra beef sessions, you want to come to come up and hang people to play with you, oh, or yeah. if you want, we could play with you because we'll have a you know yeah. full on setup. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd like to do a thing where we get people to play with the psychedelic space beef band as like a the house band. Well, it's the house, yeah, it's the house band. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, hopefully next time you're around, that's that's good to go, and you know we'll you know have the menu even more updated, more <laughs> options. Well, it'll be season. It's a seasonal menu. Oh, okay. For example, I have a limited supply of, of like gyro slices, right? And things. So like once that's off, we'll just take it off the menu and put the fall <laughs> season. You know, whatever. I thought even. about a gyro. That sounded good too. <laughs> yeah, they're fun to make. They're pretty. Those are actually <laughs> yeah, they're not too bad. Really good. <laughs> that's, that's my Greek supplier. <laughs> but um, <laughs> actually, I have to ask you. We'll close this with your final question. What What was your experience with beef in it today? We gotta uh, and and we gotta spread the word about people who want to come up and beef it with us. Do wanna... it, do it, do it. <laughs> I got to swim. <laughs> I got to swim. I got the drinks of my choice, the food of my choice. Spend time with two nice dudes. Yeah, the house today. You must beef it. <laughs> I would have to agree. Dun, 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 dun. That's part of the psychedelic space beef boogie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoyed being here, guys. Awesome. Yeah, sure. We enjoyed having, having you. Yeah, this is great. It's been a while since uh had a musical guest, so, you know, I'm glad to get back into it, and I hope we can uh, see you again sometime soon. I hope Terry Gross is here next time. Oh, I think well, Terry we'll, will be here next time. We'll bring Terry on. <laughs> Terry won't be here. He had a, he had a, there with Terry. He was he was birthday bashing it last <laughs> last uh, last night, so he he couldn't make it, but but he'll he'll be here next time. Sweet. Yeah, hopefully, we'll get him nice and belligerent for the uh, beef sessions. He'll be a breath of fresh air. <laughs> 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 